It is a very big day. Why? Because we finally begin our newest journey into the book of Daniel with Daniel chapter one today here on the last things podcast. Guys, it's your boy Damien coming to you once again with another episode of the Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to come before you once again as we discuss the Word of God. How is everybody doing on today? As usual, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode, man. We got us a good episode, man. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it because. I tell you, I say it all the time. This podcast would be nothing if it's not for you guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode, man. Um, last week we did a list of we, I think we gave like seven or eight reasons as to why Jesus had not returned yet. And we talked about how those things had to happen before Jesus returned, not the rapture before he returns his, um, his millennial reign his actual return on earth, his second coming. That's what we talked. That's what we were talking about. We gave reasons as to why that hadn't happened yet because Jesus said, I'm coming soon. And I know people, people have always said, well, he says he's coming soon. Then why hasn't he come yet? So I gave a list of reasons of a list of things that had to take place before he actually returns. Right? So now we have spent over a year in the book of Revelation. And man, I tell you, anybody who knows me knows that Revelation and Proverbs are my two favorite books in the Bible. Always has been Revelation and Proverbs. They're, they're my two favorites. So I had so much fun going through that book. I mean, it was it was a joy. I had so much fun going through that book. And it was it was a journey from start to finish from Revelation chapter one all the way through uh, chapter 22. You know, we did it for over a year and now here we are. We as we came to an end of that journey, we're about to begin a new journey. The book of Daniel. This book is very important to actually it's actually important to the book of Revelation because you can't you can't read one without reading the other. Revelate how Revelation is the is the apocalyptic book in the New Testament. Daniel would be the apocalyptic the apocalyptic book in the Old Testament. They both go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. There are certain things that are in Daniel that are not in Revelation, just as there are certain things in Revelation that are not in Daniel. Prime example, Daniel speaks about the abomination of desolation. I believe that's in Daniel chapter seven. We're going to get to it at some point. That's not spoken about in Revelation. However, Revelation speaks of the woman and the dragon. 
in Revelation chapter 12. That's not spoken about in Daniel. So as you see, both of these books go hand in hand. Some I, 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 When I was doing my research, somebody called them Siamese twins. You got to have them both together. They both are connected. You can't read one without reading the other. If you read, if you're serious about end time prophecy, you have to read the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation because they both go hand in hand. Okay. So that's where we are today. We are about to embark on a brand new journey uh, with the book of Daniel. And what we're going to do is we're not going to skip through chapters and things like that. No, we're going to read the entire book of the Bible. Okay. We're going to, I mean, the entire book of Daniel, excuse me, we're going to read that book. Okay. Now, what I want to do is I want to give a brief intro, but before I give this intro, I want to, I want to look at something. If you have your Bible, I'm going to, um, I'm going to put, go to Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Okay. And if you have your Bible, it's written in red. So we know who's talking. Jesus is talking. Okay. This is what it says. And it's, uh, of course, as I tell everybody, for those who listen for the first time, this is going to be in the New Living Translation. OK, so you might uh, you might be reading it out of King James or something else. But the format I'm using is New Living. OK, this is what it says of Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the pro and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. It's written in red. So Jesus is saying everything that's written about him in the law of Moses. What's the law of Moses? The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. OK, and then he's talking about the prophets. So we all know prophets are written in two sections, the major prophets and the minor prophets, the major prophets are, of course, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. The minor prophets are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Now, sometimes the minor prophets are called the 12 because there's 12 of them, but those are the prophets. Altogether, those are the prophets. And, of course, the Psalms. Jesus said there's things about him that are written in the book of Psalms. But he also said all, all of the things written about him in those sections must be fulfilled. Now, when it comes to Psalms, um, Psalms 83 is a psalm about end time prophecy. Now, what it is, I don't know, because this that was actually the first time I've ever heard it. But when we get to when we get to it, we're going to take a look at it. But Jesus said all everything written about him in those time in those books must be fulfilled. I, I talked about this scripture, I believe, last week I talked about it. So this isn't your first time hearing it. But Jesus said everything. So everything written about him in the prophets. Daniel is a prophet. So everything that's written about him in the book of Daniel had to come to pass. So what I'm talking about this is this is the direction that we're going to go. So after Daniel, more than likely, when we finish the book of Daniel, we'll probably go to Ezekiel and then we'll go to Isaiah. We'll stick with the major prophets for right now. And then we finish the major prophets. Then we'll go through the minor prophets and, the, you know, uh, 
And then after that, then we'll see where we go from there. But that's just the direction of the podcast that we're going to go. Okay. Because Jesus said everything about him that's written in, written in those must come, to, must be fulfilled. Question, have they all been fulfilled? Answer, we won't know unless we go through it, right? So that's the direction that we're going to go for a while, okay? Unless something changes, okay? So let's do this. Let, let's let's give the, um. when it comes to Daniel, it's kind of divided in, let me give you some good, some little uh, facts about Daniel. When it comes to chapter seven through 12, chapter seven through 12 are prophetic, meaning those are future events. Okay. Now for a lot of scholars, a lot of studies, when I've been reading, it says chapter one through six is mostly historic, you know, so that we're going to find out, but everyone's in agreement about seven through 12 is uh, mostly prophetic future events that hadn't taken place. Okay. Now, in Daniel chapter 12, verse four, Daniel is told, seal up this book for it's for it's not for you. It's for future generation. Right now, here's a big difference between Daniel and Revelation. Revelation, on the other hand, is not sealed because it, it's for it's it was for them at that moment. So Daniel, the book of Daniel, the prophecies that he was getting was not for his generation. I believe that that part is for our generation. Why? Because we're going to see when we start looking at some of the things that Daniel's saying. It's like, oh, wow, this is for us. It wasn't for him. He said he was told it would be for a future generation. It wasn't for his generation at that moment. He said it was for a future generation. OK, but so he was told to seal it. However, um, John was told in Revelation. Do not seal up the word to this book. This book is for you right now. Okay. That's a very, that's a very big difference between Daniel and revelation. Daniel, part of it is, was sealed revelation. None of it was sealed. Okay. Now, one thing about Daniel, and I, I don't know if you, uh, if you've heard me say this before, but I'm gonna say it again. A lot of scholars believe Daniel did not write the book of Daniel. They don't believe that he wrote it. However, we do know Daniel himself wrote the book of Daniel. Why? If you go to Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said, when you see this spoken of, I'm just paraphrasing it. When you see this spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, Jesus himself confirms Daniel wrote the book of Daniel. OK, so I don't know why it's, it's a big thing where a lot of scholars don't believe that Daniel wrote actually wrote this book. But Jesus himself confirms Daniel wrote the book of Daniel, right? That's very important. And there's another key factor about the book of Daniel that a lot of people might miss out on. Um, well, there's two key factors, okay? Part of it is written in Aramaic. Why is it written in Aramaic? Because Aramaic, it was the language of the Babylonians at that time, okay? And the other part is written in Hebrew. Now, a lot of scholars believe Aramaic was used to focus on the Gentile nations and the Hebrew was meant to focus on the Jews. That, that's that's what a lot of scholars believe. So and there's another key factor about the book of Daniel that a lot of people might not know. But Daniel is not in chronological order. What do you mean it's not in chronological order? It's not in chronological order. You, When you go through it, you'll see chapters 1 through 12, right? However, <clears throat> excuse me, however, it's not written in chronological order. So if I was to put the book of Daniel 
in chronological order, this is how it will go. It will go chapters one through four, chapter one, two, three, and four, right? And then it will go to chapter seven, then chapter eight, and then chapter five, then chapter nine, then chapter six, and then chapters 10 through 12. So do you see that is the chronological order for the book of Daniel? It's not written in chronological order. It can be confusing. But if you put it in chronological order, those are the that is the order that it will be in. If it if it was written in chronological order, why is it not written in chronological order? I honestly can't answer that question for you. I can't answer it, but I can tell you this is the order that it should be in. If you guys, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but a lot of the Bible is written out of chronological, some of the Bible is written out of chronological order. If you want to read, this is another study, another type of Bible study that you can do in your spare time. Um, They have study Bibles, right? I have a, a Dake study Bible, but I also have a chronological bi study Bible. What do I mean? That particular Bible is the Bible written in chronological order. If you want to read the Bible in chronological order, get you a chronological study Bible, and it will have the Bible written in chronological order from Genesis to Revelation. Okay. If you want to do that, it's just, I'm just giving you a tip for us, for people who might be listening, who, who never heard it before and who would like to read it in chronological order. You can go to, um, you can, course order it on Amazon or your nearest uh, Barnes and Noble or your nearest Bible bookstore but you can read they have a chronological study Bible where it is the Bible it's just written in chronological order for anybody who wants to uh listen to that okay now let's do this now let me give you a little setup about Daniel okay when we begin in Daniel the Babylonian captivity has begun What's the Babylonian captivity? Well, in Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 through 8, um, um, God begins to make a covenant with the nation of Israel, right? He begins to make a covenant with the nation of Israel. Now, one thing that he also said in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 20, he also, part of, part of the covenant, talked about how they had to let the land rest. Let, let's, let's, let's turn to it. Leviticus chapter 25. I mean, I'm sorry. Leviticus chapter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Chapter 25, verse 20. This is what it says. If you want to live secure, we're going to start at verse 18. If you want to live securely in the land, follow my decrees and obey my regulations, then the land will yield large crops, large crops, and you will eat your fill and live securely in it. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? Verse 21, be sure, be assured that I will send my blessing upon you, my blessing for you in the sixth year. So the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. Right. When the plant. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating the large crop from the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when a new crop is harvested in the ninth year. So God told them, let on the seventh year, 
Let the land rest. Do not plant or do not plant. Do not harvest. Don't do anything that seventh year. Don't do anything. Let the land rest. That is very important. Why is that important? Because if we go to Jeremiah chapter 25, Jeremiah chapter 25, okay? And we're going to look at verse 8 through 11. Well, we're going to start from verse 7. This is verse 7 of Jeremiah 25. But you would not listen to me, says the Lord. Let me stop right here for a minute. That scripture that I just read in Leviticus, you do know that's God speaking, right? I just want you to know that's God speaking, okay? So now let's look at um, verse 7. But you would not listen to me, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping idols you made with your own hands, bringing on yourself all the disasters you now suffer. Verse eight. And now the Lord of heaven's army says, because you have not listened to me, I will gather together all the armies of the north under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, whom I have appointed as my deputy. I will bring them all against this land and its people and against the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy you and make you an ob object of horror and contempt and a ruin forever. I will take away your happy singing and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. Your milestones will fall silent. Your millstones, I'm sorry, will fall silent and the lights in your homes will go out. This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Okay. All of that is what God told them because you didn't listen to me because you didn't follow my decrees. Now, second Chronicles talks about this as well. However, Second Chronicles brings in a key detail that's not really talked about right here in Jeremiah. So let's do this. Let's I'm going to go to Second Chronicle chapter 36. And I'm going to read verse 17 through 21. This is what it says. Second Chronicle chapter 36 verse 17. So the Lord brought the king of Babylon against them, the Babylonians killed Judah's young men, even chasing after them into the temple. They had no pity on the people, killing both young men and young women, the old and the infirm. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. The king took home to Babylon all the articles, large and small, used in the temple of God and the treasures from both the Lord's temple and from the palace of the king and his officials. Verse 19, then the army burned the temple of God, tore down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all the palaces and completely destroyed everything of value. The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon and they became servants to the king and his sons until the king of Persia came to power. We're going to discuss that later on. All right. So look, this is what I read all that to get to this one. Verse 21. This is the scripture that we need. So the message of the Lord spoke clearly through Jeremiah was fulfilled. Did we not just read that in Jeremiah? The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the 70 years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. So would you see that? Part of one thing, part of something that they did not do when God told them in Leviticus, they didn't let the land rest on the seventh year. They didn't let it rest. 
They kept they kept planting, planting and harvesting, planting and harvesting. When God specifically said, let this land rest. Don't plant anything and don't harvest anything in the seventh year. It's not just it. That's just one of the things that they didn't do. But there's a, a, a we read the list of the other things that they didn't do as well either. They didn't follow God's command at all. So so that's we just read. What did he do? God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to come in and and, and uh pretty much destroy every pretty much capture him, capture him, and they're gonna be locked away for seventy years. Okay, seven zero. Now I'm gonna skip. I'm, I'm gonna give you a little a little um. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, okay, for something. Now, I'm going to turn back to Jeremiah 25, but I'm going to go to verse 12 because I didn't, um, I, I wanted to set that up about the Babylonian captivity, okay? Now, here's verse 12 of Jeremiah 25. Then, after, this is talking about what happens after the 70 years, okay? We're back in Jeremiah. Remember, Jeremiah is the one who prophesied all this. Then after the 70 years of captivity are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and his people for their sins, says the Lord. I will make the country of the Babylons a wasteland forever. I will bring upon them all the terrors I have promised in this book, all the penalties announced by Jeremiah against the nations. Many nations and great kings will enslave the Babylonians just as they enslave my people. I will punish them in proportion to the suffering they caused my people. So God said, because y'all didn't listen to me, you're going to be I'm going to let you I'm going to let you deal with these hard taskmasters for 70 years. Now, I know what they're going to do to you. I'm going to let them make I'm going to but I'm going to allow it. For 70 years, because you yourself need to be punished for what I told you not to do. However, after the 70 years, this is what I'm going to do to them for what they did to you. OK, so God said after the 70 years, calamity in essence is going to come upon the king of Babylon. Right. And we also what we just read, uh, Persia is going to take over Babylon. OK. Now, if you want to read the rest of what happens after the Babylonian captivity, after the 70 years, you go back to Second Chronicles chapter 36. Second Chronicles chapter 36 and go to verse 22. And that picks up right after what God said, after the 70 years is up. After the Babylonian captivity is up, Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22, picks up right there. And if you want to keep reading, you go to Ezra and ne the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah. Those two books pick up right after the 70 year captivity. If you want to read what happens to them afterwards, okay, that's what happened that um, you go to Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22. Right after verse 22, I believe right after verse 23, I'm sorry, right after verse 23, I believe the next book over is Ezra and Ezra picks up right there at right there. Verse 23, you'll see what I mean when you look at it. But if you want to read what happens to the nation after the Babylonian captivity is up, 
read start from second uh, chronicle chapter 36 verse 22 through 23 and then go to ezra and then go to nehemiah and those books pick up right after the 70 years is up okay i just in case anybody wants to um wants to continue that research read those books okay now let's do this so now that we have the setup for daniel because daniel picks up Right after Daniel picks up right at the beginning of the Babylonian captivity, right when Nebuchadnezzar just comes in and just just comes in and conquers the land. This is where Daniel picks up at. OK, so let's do this. Let's go to Daniel chapter one. All right. And this is what it says during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Okay. Remember, this is all about the, remember, we just read God in Jeremiah, Jeremiah prophesied to said, this is going to happen. Jeremiah was trying to warn the nation before this happened. He was trying to warn them, but of course they didn't listen. Okay. So of course, chronological order, the book of Jeremiah comes before the book of Daniel. Okay. We're going to see later on, we're going to see Daniel alludes to something that Jeremiah says that Daniel thinks that Daniel's like, OK, we need to get ready. When we talk about the 70 years, we'll, we'll get to it. But Nehemiah, but Jeremiah, let me say Nehemiah, but Jeremiah spoke about after the 70 years is up. Daniel is going to read that, and that is a very big part of Bible eschatology. It's not talked about in Revelation. It's a prime example of needing both books, but that's very key, not just for him, but for us. But we'll discuss it when we get to it, okay? Now, let's look at verse 2. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in a treasured house of his God. Do you notice something? Two things. First, the Lord gave him victory. God allowed him to do what he said. Remember, we're reading all of this, but we saw, but we just read Jeremiah say all of this is going to happen. And now here we are in the book of Daniel and all of this is happening just as Jeremiah said, even the part of taking some of the objects from the temple of God. Remember, Jeremiah said that was going to happen. Second Chronicles talked about that was going to happen. And here we are. It has happened. It's happening. All right. Now, and now and I want you to notice something when it talks about the temple of God. What's the temple? Remember, David, remember, David wanted to build a temple for God, but God told him, hey, you can't build this temple because there's too much blood on your hands. I let Solomon build this temple instead. This right here is Solomon's temple. This is the first temple, right? We know there's three temples. There's the first temple, there's Herod's temple, and then there's the third temple that's going to exist in our time, in my time, in our time. It's not here. It hasn't been built. It hasn't been built yet. There's a lot of talk about them wanting to build this temple. I, I, of course, it's going to be built. But it's not it has not happened yet. But I do believe that it's going to happen during my lifetime. OK, but anyway, let's just keep going. OK, so Nebuchadnezzar, the rest of verse two. So Nebuchadnezzar took them, um, took some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. 
and took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in tre in the treasure house of his of his God. Uh, one of the things that, that the Babylonians did, they worshipped idol gods. They didn't worship the true living God, the idol God. OK, and then if you notice the G here is lowercase. All right. So let's look at verse three. The, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other and the other noble families who had been brought to Babylonian as captivity, as captives. I'm sorry. So this, so the king ordered his uh, Ashpenaz, his chief of staff. Right now, let's read for verse four. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. Now, that's very rare because he said he, he they they receive food and wine from his own kitchens, you know, which is kind of it, which is very, you know, I don't believe the slaves got that kind of food at that time. I could be wrong, but this is what the king ordered. Right. They were to be trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. OK, so we see here this training that he's going to put them through is going to last for three years. OK, he wanted to make sure they were well versed in, in the branch of learning. They were gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. OK, listen to these uh, requests that he's making, because I'm going to show you how God is going to how God, even though it doesn't seem like it, God is in control of everything that's going on. OK. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Join us here next week as we continue our study into Daniel chapter one here on the Last Things Podcast. Love you guys. Be blessed.